welcome. This is Kimberly Miner today, owner and founder of Holistic Living Health and Wellness, and I have an amazing guest with me today. Uh, her and I have just recently uh, connected with each other, and uh, it was it was meant to be. The connection was meant to be. And today I have Maureen uh, Scallion. Scanlon. Scanlon. I'm still learning how to say the last name. Maureen Scallion. Scanlon. Scanlon. <laughs> So, I do have her here today, and she is a author and a life coach, and we are going to just kind of go on that journey today and talk about uh, what her book is about, and uh, talk about what she does, and how it is that uh, we can reach other people and help people. So, uh, with that, welcome, 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 welcome. Thank, Thank you. you so much for coming. And why don't you just tell us a little bit about uh, your background and what brought you to the point where you are right now of deciding to uh, become, you know, where you felt the need of doing some life coaching and what brought you to, you know, writing your book. Absolutely. Thank you so much for yes, having me. Absolutely. I love it. Our, our spirits are really, a, a, we have a good connection. You know, you meet people and you just feel like you have that kindred spirit and I feel like she's my kindred spirit so I'm so happy to be here and to I have met Kimberly so how it all started was I've been doing basically life coaching my entire life before life coaching was ever a title of <laughs> life coaching right and I always loved helping one another and I would always People would come over and seek my advice. My children, when they were, you know, teenagers, would have their friends come over and say, you got to talk to my mom. She'll help you. And <laughs> so I was awesome. life coaching before I knew I was life coaching, right? And I went on my honeymoon with my husband to Belize. And when we were in Belize, we had a lot of interaction with people, just people on vacation, whatever, coming up and asking questions and then we would get I can draw people out somehow to tell me their entire life story and I love that um, I think everyone has a wonderful story to tell and it's just who's ready to hear their story right. and and who right. cares enough to listen mm -hmm. and so it would progress that way where I would just hear people's stories and give them advice and so I started a blog uh, when I was in Belize kind of a review of good customer service or people that I I felt were it was a place you should go to have fun and relax and then I got back from our honeymoon and then you know Facebook read your mind yes. <laughs> Facebook read my mind and I got all of these ads that said life coaching life coaching and I went what is this life coaching thing so I researched the life coaching and I said I already do that now I'll just get certified in doing that and so that's how it evolved and I got the certification I have increased my education in taking even different avenues and I mean I've even taken forensic psychology um, oh, nice. you know just just so I can every person that comes in front of me that I life coach I will be able to have some knowledge of it in addition to my own life experience which covers a, a vast array of topics that most of us have gone <laughs> yeah. through. I, I always say that uh, my, my, I, with the life that I've had and all the experiences that I've had and stuff, 
that I, I could do more than a movie. I would be a lifetime series. Yes, yes. <laughs> An unending life, yes. lifetime series, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and that's what Abraham Hicks says. Words don't teach, experiences do. And we all know that when... <laughs> I've had a lot of teaching experiences. Yes, you've asked for that. You've asked for all those experiences. And it's funny because growing up, our parents would say, why didn't you listen to me? Well, right. we didn't want to listen. We wanted to learn it on our own and experience it because... The most effective way to learn anything is to feel the pain or the emotion of that experience. Right. So that's why it's way more impactful when we live it than just hearing about it. Yeah. That's why life coaching is more effective than, say, no, no disrespect to counseling and therapy, which is an older, I believe, an older method. And most of my clients that come to me have said, I've been in counseling and therapy for years and within five months, I've graduated my clients, and they're a whole new person. So yeah. it's a moving forward, not rehashing the what we've already done over right. and over, right? Yes, and I, I can tell you from personal experience and stuff that it does. It keeps, you know, I, I heard, um, I was at a meeting the other day, and, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a husband and wife that had their own business that they've helped businesses kind of reach of where they're wanting to go and they tend to focus towards businesses that have been in business for like five to seven years mm -hmm. so they've they've gotten through like the rough part and stuff and trying to like do everything on their own because they can't afford it and stuff like that but they're wanting to make that next jump to really get the business to go and stuff but they've made an interesting uh comment that i think really resonates with what you're saying is that they're like poke Keep poking the bruise. Don't pour salt in the wound because if you pour salt in the wound, the wound gets bigger and then people go away. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that some of the... Now, you know, I do think that there are... You know, as a spot for counseling, if you've had some horrible traumatic things that, sure. you know, um, you have to have somebody like lead you through that painful you know process and stuff and it needs Absolutely. to be in a in a you know protective in a medical um environment yeah and i completely agree with that yeah. and, and don't get me wrong i'm not yeah. dismissing that and yeah. life coaching can go hand in hand right with counseling right. and therapy Absolutely. and those with more serious mental disorders things that take medication to balance that chemistry um you can't change make any changes in, in mindset or, or mental positive changes when your chemistry is off because that chemistry needs you to be at sea level to be able to then make the mind changes. Right. So I completely agree. I don't think that counseling and therapy are not effective in most cases um, when they are more serious things. And there are cases of the PTSD or the real serious uh, abuses, you know, things like that. And then the life coaching can move you past that once you've reached a place right. of, okay, I know what happened and I know why it happened. Now how do I, when I reach a point of, I want to get past it and I want to not think about it anymore. Right. And I want to find a way to just own it, but what have I learned from it? And right. then that helps me grow Well, and when you go when you go to counseling, you know, counselor, you're there and talking about the moment and stuff. A life coach can be involved in your life. Yes. And, you know, help you through what's going on in your life or be there or be in activity with you or things like that where you right. can help them, you know, work through that where, you know, social workers don't have that 
ability to do that. Right. You know, right. they <laughs> they they have a you know numerous clients that they you know need to see all day and stuff, and so they don't get the advantage of being able to leave the office and go out and you know be involved in every single you know client's life. I Absolutely. mean, there just wouldn't there wouldn't be the time for it. Right, and. I think there's also the methodology involved. There's different methodologies. They do follow more of the uh, psychiatric methodology, and a life coach will follow more in the tools and techniques of moving forward. Um, mm -hmm. So that and goal setting and you know changing mindset, that kind of thing. Where the psychiatry says, "Why did this happen? What happened? Let's talk about it." And a lot of people that I find, especially my clients, they just they don't want to talk about it anymore. You know, right. I mean, especially when they've been into therapy for right. three years and they're right. like, okay, I get it now. You know, now what do I do about it? Right. So that's the next step. When you mention that couple that talks about keep poking the bruise, where what I got from that is when I coach, I always tell my clients there's going to be discomfort. Yes. And the discomfort of poking that bruise is when you have discomfort, it means change is happening. Right. Because we're getting out of our comfort zone. We're doing something we haven't done before. It feels uneasy. But I always tell my clients, hey, if it's uncomfortable, you're doing good. Just right. know that that's not a sign of, oh, I don't know what I should be doing. It's a sign of, yeah, let's do this. Versus if you have a lot of anxiety, that's different. Or you, you know, you right. have disappointment or those things I, I I keep them in a positive mindset but I always say don't be afraid of the discomfort right so that's why I like that phrase of you know keep poking the bruise you know and the wound like you say you don't want to open up the wound that just kind of puts us stuck in where we are or moving backwards and right poking the bruise is like oh a bruise is gonna heal but let's just keep being a little bit uncomfortable knowing we're moving forward Right, so, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, this then, you know, through life coaching and stuff, brought you to the point of what what made you, throughout your life coaching, decide that you wanted to, to really put it into book form? It's an amazing journey that we all have that some people aspire to be writers their entire lives. Some people think... I just, I'm not good at speaking, I'm really good at writing. I never aspired to be a writer, I never thought I would write a book, <laughs> it never crossed my mind, I never said, yeah, I should do this one day. In fact, if I had thought about writing a book, it would have been just my memoir, you know, of, <laughs> of my life uh, and all those experiences, the experiences that I had uh, experienced up until this point, which is nice because I did take portions of that and put it in the book so how it came about I just started this journey of awakening and the life coaching and just finding this joy in discovering I finally had a dream that was achievable and I met the man of my dreams and and married him after several dysfunctional um, relationships <laughs> and marriages um, <clears throat> so it was really a neat thing so I started the life coaching business and I had a headshot taken and I showed it to my best friend and my best friend said I see that on a book and I, I didn't even question it which I'm still shocked to the state and I just went huh okay I'm writing a book <laughs> and I literally sat down to write it probably maybe a month later and it took me eight weeks to write the book 
Wow. And I just kept writing and writing and writing, and it just flowed. And, yeah, it's not a novel. It's not huge. But, but what is in there is pretty cool because they're just hints and guide. It's a guide to all the little things that you can do to live your best life. And I throw in some of my experiences and what they taught me, and they're pretty common experiences that a lot of people have that can say, oh, you know, I'm experiencing that. Right. This is how I can deal with it. And the premise of the book, of course, is my dog is more enlightened than I am, and my dogs are my babies, my furry children, and I think anyone who's an animal lover, and I got to meet your precious little kitties, um, <laughs> and it doesn't matter if they're dogs or cats yes. or raccoons or snakes. I don't, I don't care. We don't discriminate here. No judgment. And Okay, I may discriminate on snakes. I'm just I'm putting that out there. <laughs> like, I... <laughs> That is where my line Snake is. Snake judger. <laughs> right? Okay, fine. <laughs> okay, furry babies then. We'll stick to furry okay. babies. Is that fair? Yeah, that works. Oh, I just started looking at my animals, and I would be so stressed out. I'd be working at home, and I had a lot on my plate, and, you know, problems were coming up. My, children's were ha my children were having issues. And I just remember one day just going outside and sitting in the yard and watching them, just observing them, and I'm thinking... You little stinkers, you have no problems. You have <laughs> nothing going on. You know, my chihuahua, she's a 15-pound chihuahua named Jade, and just randomly she's standing there, and all of a sudden, whoop, she's chasing her tail. And, you know, Brody's coming over, and he's, like, inching over, pushing me, you know, pet me, pet me. And I just, it really just was this epiphany moment where I thought, gosh, why can't we just be that easygoing? Yes. We're all in the same life, and... Granted, my dogs, you know, aren't worried about bills and food and jobs right. and, you know, all that. But the key part of that was the foundation is relationships, right? Yes. And they're the experts. And that's where I just watched them and I took them to the dog park and I thought, why can't we just be like them? Yes. The way they get along, the way they either like someone or they don't and they're not there's they don't have any words about it they just know i'm just if i don't like this dog i'm just going to move over here or i like the people more than the the animals it's just it was so pure and i think yes. that's what it was it, it took me to this place of i just want to live a life like that that's easygoing pure and about relationships yes you know and and I was just talking about this earlier today, and I think it really uh, is relevant to what you're talking about, is that, um, you know, us as U.S. citizens, now, yesterday, we just, you know, reflected on 9-11, and um, when I think back on, on that day, and then the day after, is that uh, we, as U.S. citizens, as a country, Became there was no lines in the sand. There was no distinguishing what class, social class you were from. Is that you were willing to defend and be upset for somebody that you never knew, their families who lost that someone and stuff, and say, you know what, we're like, this is unacceptable. Like, this is unacceptable. Like, we, you, like we're we're the U.S. Like we're U.S. citizens, <clears throat> and you know to look at the flag was such this overwhelming emotional moment and stuff. And that 
you know, people came out and, like, whatever we could do to, like, build that relationship or to, you know, not even having to build a relationship, but to just be there for another human being. And that went on for such a long period of time that it had such an infinite, you know, inflection on us as a country that, yeah. you know, the U.S. is such a humongous piece of geographical area. But it was like, it was this small because the community, the relationships of just being a U.S. citizen was, was enough to have in common that of like, how dare you, you know, and um, every, you know, but as time went on, it kind of went away. But every year <coughs> that we reflect on it, we can be so away from it, but the day that that day comes, yeah. everybody comes back to the exact same way. Yes. And it's about what can we do? And it's like, how do, how do we get that to be part of our everyday life? Yeah, Like, why does it... Why does it only have to be that one day? Why do we keep drifting away from that? How do we allow everything in our lives to keep being bigger than life and taking control of our life? And we keep giving our power up and letting other thoughts and things be in the way or right. de or change what our thought was. Right, right, exactly. What you're saying is exactly what happened on that day on 9-11 that after, and it, this is how life happens. We sometimes need tragedy to wake us up. Or yes. as they say, sometimes good things come from bad things. Right. That day after, after that happened, we were more than ever the United States yes. of America. Mm -hmm. and it was the day that it was the lowest amount of racism and discrimination against yes. your fellow man yes. than, than we ever had. And yes. remembering it once a year is not enough. Right. And what you say is exactly what you're saying is every year we remember it and that day after, so the day after that happened or even that day that it happened, we all remembered yes. why we're here. And we're here for love and compassion mm -hmm. to be there for one another. And the things that didn't matter didn't matter that day because it, again, it awakened us to say, right. this is tragic. And the only thing matters is taking care of one another. And right. why can't we carry that on, that same mentality and that same heartfelt kindness and compassion that we showed those days every single day? Right. And yet, we lose it. We do. We go back into our cycle of, now I'm going to get back into my life mm -hmm. and focus on what's important to me. And then <clears throat> cars, houses, jobs, money problems you know all of those things start overriding what's really important and that's your point is perfect that that day is what we should be doing and that is what our purpose of being here is and for being in mankind we are mankind well, and here here's so much to what you're saying is that if we were to really stop and look at that if we look at our business life and our personal life we would actually be even bigger and more successful if we took that concept and we put it into our everyday life because people would be more willing to work together yes. you know um, imagine what we could accomplish yeah you know if we and and it's the i every single 
podcast I end with is that a quote that I came up with is that, you know, there's goals. There's goals that we all have. Imagine what we could accomplish if we get out of our own way. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, and stop overthinking. It's that overthinking that we actually, you know, stop thinking of, what the short what you think the shortcomings of all these other people are and stuff is that instead of looking at what their shortcoming is what what is their strengths i'm so happy you said that i was just watching something this morning that leads right into that and that's why i brought my notes it's so perfect that you just said that and she didn't even know that this was it <laughs> i was listening to this tedx talk today by dr andrea and jonathan taylor cummings and one thing that they said, or this, their whole speech was about four habits of successful relationships. And number one was be curious, not critical. Look for people's strengths and yes. not weaknesses. And so this is in relation to whether it is a romantic relationship, a marriage, a friendship, or work, or strangers. If we seek to see the good in one another, right? Mm -hmm. If we are just going out and saying, Today, like when you called me, I loved it. I, I couldn't wait to talk to you. And when you called me, all I ever think about when I meet someone new is what common thread do I have with her? Yes. What common things do I have? And Brene Brown always talks about who, who earns your vulnerability story or your shame story, right? I have no shame in sharing my story because it has opened the horizons right. to meeting so many different people. Right. What you were saying about the business versus the personal, we put on this business face. Yes. And we're like, I need to be out in the business world and I need to present this instead of just be who you are with your friends. Yes. When people see a common thread and they feel you're approachable and you're easygoing and you're just down to earth and, and you're you aren't judgmental or critical, you're going to get the business. You right. know, you'll get the business as much as you would making friends. And so that was such a great lead in that she didn't even know she was gonna do. <laughs> but isn't that so true? Yes. If we, I write in the book about, my husband said to me, I write, there's a chapter in my book that I, he says, uh, when I'm not doing something right I want you to tell me if I'm doing something wrong you know in this relationship or this marriage I want you to let me know and I looked at him and I said absolutely not and he goes <laughs> what and I said if you tell me to tell you what you're doing wrong what am I going to be focusing on the negative that's right so every day I'm going to seek out even subconsciously What's wrong with him? What did he do wrong today? What can I make him change? Right. I said, I'm not doing that. I will not do that. All I want to do is see the good in you. And when we cross the bridge of something that doesn't work, we'll know it. We'll know it and we'll communicate about it. But that's just it. Being able to see the beauty in one another, just like the animals. That's why I love the furry babies. They don't see anything but good in one another. Right. And why can't we just be that way? And that's what we did the day after 9-11 was we just saw yeah. the good, helping loving compassionate side of every american yes and the world even the world even oh, other yeah. countries were joining oh in. yeah they were all you know their hearts went out to all of us and you know they had on their facebook page they had you know the u.s flag and yeah. just donating money donating money mm -hmm. just whatever they could do and yeah. stuff resources and resources and you know even today 
you know, and, and it never occurred to me until I saw some commercials leading up to 9-11 this last week, is that they are now at a point where all the policemen, firemen, or other people who were there trying to help out at Ground Zero and stuff, who are now winding up with cancer and dying and stuff like that, like, we are now far enough out that we are now st still seeing the results of the effect. Yep. Like, it hasn't stopped. Right, right. Like, it's the, that whole horrific event is still going on. Residuals of tragedy. Yeah, absolutely. And if you ever notice, any time in this country that something happens, that's when we all finally get out of our stuff and just come together. You know, Hurricane Harvey, when that happened, um, Hurricane Dorian that's going on. Yes. I, it's what, what makes me sad is I don't want us to have tragedies to be those types of people, right? right? To be that kind of human. Why can't we just spread that type of love and kindness every day? And yes. we, why do we have to have these tragedies? And like you said, the, the residuals that, that continue. Well, the residual, the health part of it, the financial hardship, the children with no parents or whatever, yeah, that continues, but why didn't we continue that same mentality of loving right. kindness? And it just seems, it, and there's a shift though. I'm, I have hope, I have hope because I do see, one of the reasons I love Facebook and Facebooking, social media, I, I have a, it's a double-edged sword. And so I always talk about how social media inhibits the nurturing of relationships to me because you can just reach out send a message hey happy birthday I'm the opposite I'm pick up the phone I want right. to I want to go have lunch with you I want to bring you a cupcake you know I'm very much this person-to-person -person nurturing right. relationship person but then now I look at social media and the good things that I see on it are now I, I love I'm of course an animal lover with the furry babies and now I see um, on Facebook, the Arizona Animal Welfare League has little profiles for each of the dogs that, that they want to have adopted. And so you can forward those on and say, is anyone looking for a baby? Right. You know, here, here's one right. right here without even going down to the shelter now right. with these hundreds of dogs that are sitting in a shelter that we don't even know about. Now they have a face and now right. we can take action. And the stories of love and kindness, the random acts of kindness that right. you see. And so for me, that's the reason I look at social media and go, okay, that's what this is about. It's to spread the good right. and, and the kindness and more of that as opposed to, I don't look at, I bypass anything that's negative and that just doesn't feel good to me when I see those negative things. I want to spread the good just like we did when right. the tragedy struck and every day. What was interesting is that uh, I actually met uh, a, a gentleman who uh, kind of does like the social work for one of the police departments and stuff. And it was a very educational, eye-opening conversation that I got to have with him. And he said, you know, one of the questions he always asks the new um, people that come in from, from the academy is that, you know, what do you think we're here for? And he's like, I'm asking you the same question that I asked them. And so I thought about it, and I was like, well, to serve the community. And he's like, you would think that would be the answer. He's like, but it's not. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? He's like, 
our job is to look for the bad in everything. Now, in the process, we want to be there for the community, you know, but in order to be there for the community, we have to look for the bad to make sure that we are there for the community. You know, when, um, you know, we're there to, you know, help people out, you know, if they're in trouble, but if they're in, like, danger trouble, we're looking for the bad of how we protect those people who are in danger. Yeah, like, okay. so their whole thought process, and he says, you can look and see how long somebody has been an officer because they start to uh, have the effects of having been in that mindset for so long. And it can start affecting their personal life because they go home and in their kids or in their friends or in their family or in their spouses or significant other, they start looking for the bad in them. And it has to be a conscious effort yes. to not take that home. And then there's so much tragedy that happens or horrific things that they see in a day's time that they don't have a place to unload that. And right. so the departments are really starting to see that. And so now they're taking steps. And this gentleman has taken great strides of, you know, the department created this whole specific position, full-time position for someone like him to be there for these officers, yeah. for them to come in and talk to, to <clears throat> not feel threatened or feel like they're labeled or, you know, he's created a meditation room for them, for I them to, that. you know, they need to have a place to go to, to talk through all these things because some of these things, they would never want their family to see to begin with. So, you know, they're not going to go and share that stuff nor do they sometimes feel they can because there could be multiple things that happen all day long and most things we hope that we never see in a lifetime that they can see all day long. So, yeah. you know, it's a perfect example of that, um, you know, them, you know, the whole department starting to see that uh, something needs to be done yeah. to help them. Absolutely. And in careers like that, I worked in the ER trauma center um, downtown Phoenix uh, mm. for many years. And in careers like that, you tend to gravitate toward the people who are in that experience with you. Mm -hmm. So I love that he's creating this place where these officers can connect with other officers who right. see it. Because if you think about it, these officers see this tragic stuff on duty every day depending on what happens they can see anything from a homicide to child abuse to anything that's very devastating and very yes. emotionally traumatic yes and then they have to go home and they have to either shut it off try to forget about it right. a lot of them will just do the the, fi the fight or flight thing where you just shut it down just, just tuck it away when I'm going home and so they're doing this on a day in and day out basis. Right. And you got to shut it down. You don't want to talk about that with your family. And if you do talk about it with your family, they're really not going to understand because they weren't in that situation. Right. So I love this. The, the meditation, the sharing with one another is really, really nice. So if they had a really rough shift, it would be really nice that day, you know, if each day 
there was an opportunity to say, I had a really rough shift today. Before I go home, let me vent this. Let me right. share this. Let me see if anyone else has experienced right. this and how it felt to them. And that sharing, and again, finding that common thread with someone else is so enlightening because you feel like, oh, I'm not alone. You right. get it. You, exactly. And that's with the life coaching, or, or, the, the having the empathy, not just, mm-hmm. oh, that must be really tough for you or I feel sorry for you. No. You want someone sitting across from you that says, I know how that feels. Right. Isn't that way more impactful? Oh, yeah, When someone says, I get it. I felt that. And you don't have to explain it. I think that's the biggest thing is that you don't have to explain it because they already know. And so you can start, you know, talking about it and decompressing from it because you don't have to get somebody on the same page as you. Yeah, there's, right. There's the, you know, you're already at the starting point. Yes. You so don't want to have to get, you know, start this whole story over. Yes. And with someone that isn't possibly able to picture what you're saying because they didn't experience it. So when I had worked in the trauma center, um, the very first case that came in my very first night working and I worked graveyard shift so you oh, can only imagine yeah. <laughs> yeah the full moon thing is spot on I'm telling you um it's a that's a you know usually it's a true thing it really is it really is and the first 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 night working night shift in the emergency room downtown Phoenix a girl runs in and she's holding her shirt and she just said that her boss had raped her I mean, that's my very first experience. And I take her into the conference room, and I'm trying to calm her down. I am not a life coach at this point. I am, you know, I'm not experienced in, I was never raped, so how do I help her? And it really, those are the experiences where I know that I experience certain things, getting ready to be ready for all of the people that will be presented in front of me so I can experience how that feels or what it felt like when someone brought that to me, the children that would come in, you know, um, abuse, um, accidents, you know, things like that. It was traumatic, but when I turned my thinking around, just like anything in our lives, whenever you have anything come to you that is an experience that is traumatic or sad or hurtful, if you look at it and say, I, I asked for this experience, I needed to learn something from it. And so in turning the tragedy of it to something that I could help others with right. really changed my mindset. So rather than letting it sit in there and stew and be painful and, and eat away at me, I turned all of those things in life into how can I help someone else with this? If right. I experienced it, let me take this. And I know a lot of parents who lose their children to suicide or bullying oh or drugs they will take that tragedy and that pain and they start foundations yes to help others and there really is something to that because you're taking what you asked for as an experience and instead of just sitting with it and doing nothing you're bringing it out of the world and doing something that makes the world a better place it doesn't it doesn't take the pain away but it helps you process to still be in the moment and live yeah which is so important is that you know you we you know and you don't have to have something that traumatic to happen Mm -hmm. to have it ice you know start like making you freeze in life 
you know, and, and, you know, I reflect back on so many experiences that I've had, you know, my life and stuff where, um, it was very difficult. You know, I went through horrible, horrible, you know, divorce and, um, you know, it just continually things came up, you know, through the years and stuff with, with that, with my kids and stuff like that. And it was, it was paralyzing, right? you know, and I was just kind of like in function mode of survival, just survival mode. Survival yeah. Mode. Just doing what I needed to do. Just, okay, this is what I need to do today. This is what I need to do today. And, you know, it affected my ability to be, to be a full person of who I was to be within my own it affected my ability to be the best mom I could be because I would was I there yeah I was there did I do the things that need to be done yeah I did but I wasn't present yes. the way that I could have been right consciously know? or emotionally right. because you were in survival mode right and one of the things that is really curious to me is when in my life things would the same thing would happen over and over, and I would go, "Oh, I, oh, I, I'd say, am I just oh. a glutton for punishment, yes. or yes. you know, am I just a slow learner?" And now I look at it and I go, "I just hadn't gotten the lesson yet, yes. and until I get that lesson, I'm going to ask for that experience over and over, and I'm going to continue to yes. do it until I am present, just like you said, and I'm emotionally accepting and yes. involved in it, and." us as humans, the best quality that we have is adaptability. And so adapting to those moments that happen in our life, adapting is one thing, but processing it and learning from it and you know, that it always doesn't always come later. Think about all your experiences. You didn't sit down although I have to tell you a profound moment in my life that I don't know where this came from because I was like you in this survival mode. I wasn't thinking about, you know, five years from now and, you know, I wasn't thinking about, you know, the, you know, how to solve world peace at that point. You know, I'm just thinking about how the heck do I make the bills, you know, or how the heck do I get these kids fed into bed, you know, so I can have a moment of peace, you know, as a single what parent. You, what do you mean you just found about the project today? Yeah, oh my, yes, exactly. Oh yeah, my daughter, we had to build a castle. We were up until like one o'clock in the morning because you had to you had to label every single part of the castle i'm like what in the world is all this stuff? yeah i have a hard time believing the teacher just popped <laughs> that on you today yes yes absolutely and so i was in a moment with a really a uh, marriage and it was a um i've talked i've spoken about this before everyone that knows me um in other podcasts i've really come out and been more honest about my story so I was in a domestic violence um, relationship, marriage, with my children's father for 11 years. He was an alcoholic, and finally he had uh, decided to, um, you know, be, uh, to cheat on me with someone. And I just remember I had gone through so much with this man, and I was, I went through, you know, AA with, you know, preg nine months pregnant, and, you know, I just did, I had put everything into this relationship, and then the cheating was my line in the sand, you know, like yes. I did everything else. You, I let you beat me, you know, <laughs> but the line in the sand is now you're cheating on me and we never know what our line <laughs> in the sand is. And that's up to the person to decide and when they've had enough. But I do remember sitting and talking to my daughter's best friend's mom 
and we were just in the backyard and I was just devastated and it was just one of those just breakdown I'm having a breakdown and right. I'm sobbing and and what has my life been about and I just remember saying I just can't believe he did this he ripped my heart out he stomped on it he spit on it and he handed it back to me and in the middle of that I said but if I have to help one person then I'll go through this where that thought came from uh, was completely... Especially in the moment of despair. Yeah, why? How would I be thinking about helping right. anyone else? Which really now, and, and it took me a while to even remember that that happened, and I just recently met up with her, and we had lunch, and she said, yeah, I remember that clear as day, Marie. And I said, you do? She said, yeah. And I'm thinking, what? Like, I don't even remember having the thought, but I remember saying it, you know? And now I look back and I think that was my guides, that was God, that was God's source, that was everything that I am saying, you have a purpose and you didn't know it and this was 20 years ago. You had no idea, it just crept right out of you and that was your purpose, was to help others. And did I know 20 years later that my whole purpose for being is to help others? Right. You just don't know. I, I, I... You know, I we've lived the same path, and I know that um, you know my husband was uh, abusive. He was an alcoholic. He was addicted to pain pills. Those two never go well together. No. <laughs> and so, um, you know, when I was going through my divorce and stuff, I went through the women's um, shelter program to for abused women and stuff, and. Here I am going through all of this and stuff and trying to deal with this and have two kids to try to deal with all this and all the things that go with it and stuff. And there was women in the group that made me realize that as bad as mine was, it could have been even worse. Right. You know, and I actually, like, tried to help some of the women. Like, they... You know, one woman, she was like, oh, like, I never, like, had my carpets clean. They made me clean and stuff. And so I was like, oh, well, I'll help you. And I, like, went over and, like, helped her clean all her carpets and stuff. Like, I had a lot to deal with myself. Yes. And I kept finding myself trying to help the women that were in my group oh. because it was just this, nat like, this whole natural thing that was coming out of saying, okay, it... I need to stop thinking about what I'm going through. That's exactly and, right. And yes. I want to help this person. And and it felt good it does. to do something yes. else and to not sit yes. and wallow yes. in what's going on with me. And that's the key to like meditation is not thinking about it's not that we find a solution for our problem it's right. just don't think about your problem yes. and the solution will come and that's why meditation is so important and I love that you brought that up one of the blogs that I've done on my page was about let's get addicted and it says don't be addicted to the drugs and the alcohol and those things but let's get addicted to helping one another and how good it feels to show kindness right. because you were healing yourself yes by helping other people and then guess what? They're going to pay it forward, and they're going to pay it forward. It, empower, it brings empowerment into yes. yourself, and it's so important. Uh, you know, one of my missions is, is to try to help, you know, others empower themselves. Right. You know, so that, um, you know, by, you know, it's, you're still going to have to go through it, yeah. whatever it is that you're going through and stuff, 
but that doesn't mean that you have to lose your power. You, you and I both know when you're in a dysfunctional relationship, marriage, anything that has to do with abuse of any kind, whether it's psychological, um, physical, whatever, it is a loss of control. Yes. And so getting that empowerment is getting back some sort of control, no matter what it is. Just give me something right. that lets me know I have some control. Right. I remember thinking, and I'll bet you were at this point at some point, and I'll bet all of your listeners right now are thinking they were at that point. <clears throat> at some point in our lives, we said this, I have no choice. Yep. How often have we said that? I remember sitting with my best friend of coffee and I was in a very dysfunctional, psychologically abusive relationship and I just said, well, I have no choice. And she said, well, you always have a choice. Yep. I didn't believe it then. I only believe it now. And thinking back, I think, gosh, you really do program yourself to believe what everyone is doing to me yep. and everything that's happening around me takes away my control and my ability to choose, my ability to create the life that I want, my ability to dream the dream that I want and have the dream that I dream, we program all of these thoughts in there. That's why changing those mindsets to positive and saying, I've got this. And no matter how long it takes, I just know that I know I'm here for something more. And I tell my clients all the time, you're here for greatness. Right. Figure out what that greatness is. Yeah. I... I was in a uh, relationship where, you know, I I thought that I just absolutely loved this person, you know, and I thought this 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 is it and stuff, and um, and I just kept thinking if I kept doing more, yeah. if I just did then more, they would change and it'll be a different thing and stuff. And finally, then they'll love me. Then they'll yes. do what I want them and to it'll do. Be exactly what then I my want. life will be that fairy yes. tale that I picture yes. it to be and everything I, yeah. I'm hoping because my belief is I love this person, but you don't love this person. You love who you want them to be yes, and how you want them to that treat That is key, absolutely, because I love, I was in love with what I wanted them to be in their personality. And when they said they wanted to break up and they you know, didn't want to do this anymore and whatever. I was devastated yeah. because it, I don't think it was necessarily about because, you know, I, you can't be in that spot of keep trying and stuff and not feel frustration. Yeah. You know? Or feel unworthy. Or feel unworthy. You know, you're saying, I, I'm giving 110% right, and exactly. it's not enough. Right. Right. So the, the, so what it was is that, I was upset about what it was that I was never going to get that I was trying for. Yeah. And so it took a really long time for me to get through that. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, but when I, when it, when it did, I mean, it was like a, it was like a light switch. Like one day I went from feeling, you know, feeling so sorry for myself and being in a state of misery to, the next day that I was like, you know, nope, that's it. Yeah. I'm done. I, and I took my power back. Yes. You know, I empowered myself and said, I will not do this anymore. Yes. I am done. You found your worth. I found and my And you set yes. your bar. 
and you stuck yes. to it and that is exactly it and some of us it takes 10 years 20 years 30 years it's everyone I mean this is not a one-size-fits-all life everyone finds their speed at the different yes. at a different time a different period we were talking earlier before the podcast that every sit every stage of our lives are different and we yes. change with those stages of life you don't stay the same person and have the same mentality that you did when you were 20 you cannot because you're here to evolve and expand right. and learn more and that aha moment when mm -hmm. I see that in my life coaching, and I, I just tickles me when you said that. I know it. I felt it. I did the same thing for two years. I said no more relationships because I've <laughs> never not been in a relationship since I was 18 years old. I mean, it was just one after the other after the other, and they were <laughs> obviously never very good. And finally, I just said no more. Just yeah. be alone, Marine. Like who you are. Figure out who you are yes. so you can like her. And those aha moments when I see that in my clients and hearing you say that, that it's almost like that weight is lifted, right? Yes. That weight of everything you ever believed about yourself, you just like took this cloak off and you're like, I got this now. I got it. I get yes. it. I finally get it. And I understand I have the power to choose what I want, what I don't want. Yeah. And I know what I deserve and I know what I'm here for and I know what my worth is and I know how to get it. Yeah. And when that's I, amazing. When I moved out here three years ago to Arizona, I was so in the zone and had this empowerment myself. And it was like, you know what? I am so good with me. And I was like, I don't need to date. I don't need, like, I, I can't even phantom ever getting married again. It, like, it was, it, it didn't even matter. It was not even something I had to even contemplate or think about. And I was so good about just living me and my life and doing what I wanted to do. Um, and at a, being at a point where, you know, my kids were in college. And so, you know, it, it got to be all about me. And that was an amazing feeling. And um, you were finally in alignment yes. with Source and with your higher yes. self where you were just like, it never you didn't waver and that's the whole thing we do this little wobble thing where sometimes we believe in ourselves and then sometimes we're like well I don't know and then sometimes I'm listening to myself sometimes I'm listening to everybody else right. but when we stay which sounds like at that point in your life you had that aha moment yep. you had that light switch and you were completely in alignment yep. and you were like nothing's gonna stop me right I got this your mindset everything if I were in your mind and I was reading the script at that time you were like I got this I know what I want yeah. I know what I can achieve I don't need anybody I know exactly where I'm going yeah. I can get anything that I want I can have be and do all that I need <laughs> I mean I just you know that's being in alignment and yes. that's the whole goal is just get yourself to that point where you just believe just believe you can have it and yeah. I went 48 years not knowing that, or 46 years, I should say, that uh, just not knowing that. And if you're not told that, if you're not in an environment, and we can go back to our childhoods and our programming, that's a big thing to overcome. A lot of that is just subconscious, things we've heard, things we've seen, right. things that we witnessed. It just is programmed in there, and so trying to undo that programming and those thought processes is difficult, especially when it comes from your immediate family, right. who are not a fleeting come in your life, leave your life. They're in your life for good, so even when you're at these different phases of, I need to find my worth, I need to be whatever, they're going to be there doing the same thing that they did 
you find that strength to say, I'm not the person I used to be, and I have the ability to put the shield around me right. to say, I'm not going back to what I used to think about myself, regardless of what they say. Right. They. Yep. The they's in the world. The Everybody's they's. got they's, right? Everybody has a they <laughs> in the world. Yeah, I know. So, I mean, it, it snuck up on me when, you know, I, you know, met my husband. I was completely oblivious because I was so, I was busy doing me. So, yeah. um, and I think it's important to, to, you know, um, whether you're in a relationship or you're married or you're single is that finding, finding who you are, finding that empowerment in yourself and stuff, and uh, you know, doing some writing things down in a journal or 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 a notepad or whatever, it's really important. Yep. And it it actually takes a huge toll on your on your business career too. Oh my goodness! If yes. you if you do not have you know find yourself uh, where you're, I mean you're gonna have ups and downs in your personal life and stuff and. It's inevitable. I mean, we all have to work because we all need to make money. We all have to, you know, um, have resources for our existence. Um, but your capability of doing your job and progressing the way that you want to is affected by the things that are going on in your personal life. And if you don't take care of what's going on in your personal life, and it, and it can work the other way too. Is that things could can be really good in your personal life, but if things are not good in your business life, it's going to bleed over. That's it's inevitable. Right. It's just going to happen. It is the foundation of where is my yeah. mindset and how do I stay in that place every day? How do I just stay in that place? Because yes. it is spillover. And I remember you were. I watched one of your other podcasts with one of your guests where you were talking about the. Um, he was talking about the eating habits and that sort of thing. And the emotional spillover yes. goes into physical. So it will manifest itself in mm -hmm. health problems. When I was in that six-year relationship with the psychologically abusive person, I had cancer twice. I had I was walking with a cane. You know, I had back pain so bad. I had RA. I had asthma. And, yeah, so you talk about physical overspill. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know me now, and you see my mentality this is not who I was then. Then I was allowing myself to be controlled. I was in a cage, you know, I was a caged animal and I didn't know any different. I was in bed by six o'clock every night and I didn't leave the house because this person secluded me from my friends and my family and the outside world so he could control me. And without that positive mindset and that ability, that aha moment to say, I've got this, I don't need anyone right. else, you overspill into your business, you overspill, all of it is, everything stems from our emotions. Yes. That's, that is the, the bottom line. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You cannot do business well if your emotions are not well. You cannot do personal well if your emotions are not right. well. You can't fake it till you make it. No. You know, you can't put that happy face on and think everything's going to be successful in my life. It has to genuinely inside of you be a pure place of I'm happy with what I'm doing. And if I'm not right. at that place, how do I get myself back to that place? Right. Either if I can't turn a negative into a positive, I'm just going to stop thinking about it. I'm going to relax and I'm going to do some self-care. I'm going to do yoga. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to read a book. I'm going to watch a movie that makes me giggle. I'm going to listen to songs. I have a lot of clients where I'll tell them, 
I want you to come up with a theme song. You know, do you have a theme song off the top of your head? If I said, what's a good theme song? If you're having a bad day and you listen to this song, it would like oh. pump you up. I have to, I don't have one, but now I'm going to get one. Thanks. Yes. It's effective. It's just like, oh, well, things are happening. I get a call and someone's, you know, not having a good day or I get bad news from work or something, even the smallest things, yes. you know. I forgot to take the garbage cans out to the curb today. Mine is Unstoppable by Sia. So it's uh, it's just it's a very good. empowering, like, I'm unstoppable. No yes. one's getting in my way. None of this is going to matter. I got this. I'm perfectly It's all fine. good. It's all good in the hood. So, yeah, it is. It's all good in the hood. So get a theme song, you know, those yes. things. Anything that takes you from a place of, I'm not happy, I'm not feeling good, I have anxiety, depression, um, any, anything, memory, sad memories. It's okay to sit with an emotion for a minute. But I had a life coach that said to me, you can sit with it for a minute, have coffee with it, but then you tell it it's time to leave. So mine was guilt when it came to my children for <laughs> feeling I chose a um, father who wasn't sufficient. Right. And so I took on that guilt. I overcompensated. And then with the relationships I had had in my life, I felt like I didn't pick a good dad. I didn't pick a good stepdad. I didn't pick good right. role models, you know. So yes. you understand that. I totally understand. So yeah. what do we do? We overcompensate. We enable our children so right. that they don't feel the right. pain that I've already felt I've, I've gone through and I've now put on them. And I'm going to save them and, and save them from feeling any of the pain that I did. And so here's that cycle. Yes. So we have to, like, we can sit with our emotions for a minute, the unhealthy one, just for a minute, but don't let it have a sleepover and don't take a camping well, or vacation or anything like that. Just yeah. let it go. And I had to learn that with guilt. I had to just sit with it for a minute and then just say, I'm not guilty. I have no reason to be guilty. I'm not responsible for the way their father parented. I was only responsible for, for the way yourself. I parented. Yes, yes. absolutely. One of the things that when I was uh, going through all this stuff with my divorce and stuff, um, and, you know, I had moments as I continued through my life and some, you know, stress and bad choices and bad, you know, a couple bad relationships that um, I forgot and then found again is that uh, you can let it consume your whole day and stuff, but... They told me, they said, decide how much time you think you need. Is it five minutes, ten minutes, is it thirty minutes, is it an hour? Whatever that is, mm -hmm. is, and you put, if you have to put a timer on for whatever that time is, and then when the timer goes off, then you shelf it. Nice. And nice. you get, you enthrall yourself and participate in life of that day yeah because you need to be present in your life every day yeah because not only do you need yourself but you know others need you too you know and you you know if I was absent then my kids had two parents that were absent. <laughs> right. right it's bad enough that one wasn't engaging and now I'm sad because he's not engaging and now I'm not engaging right. with my kids. So right. how fair is that? Right. I've also heard visualization. So I have studied NLP as well. Um, and so visualization is a really big 
uh, thing in, in NLP is Neuro Linguistic Programming and so what it is is we're retraining and reprogramming our subconscious because that's where all of our memories are stored and everything we've experienced and so I had heard in um, I don't believe if it was in the actual NLP training I had but I had heard someone said to me that they were told when they had anything that was negative any negative emotion or negative experience that came back to them to visualize putting it in a balloon and sending it off. Oh. And once it was off, then it was gone. It was just gone out into the universe and you just couldn't get it back. And then you could just release it and say, it's gone now. I'm good. Wow. That's a good one too. Yeah. Another one I heard is like you write something down mm -hmm. and then you burn it. Burn it. And yes. then when you, once you burn it, it's gone. That's just you like burning an, ex, an excess stuff in a bonfire, right? Yes. Who hasn't done that when you were teenagers? I'm burning all of his stuff. The teddy bear he got me at the carnival, I'm gone. You know? I was dancing all the time, so I never had the boyfriend when I was oh. in high school, so I never, I never experienced that one. I jumped right out of high school into marriage, so, and then I was, you know, I didn't even have time to... to you know, have even a little bit of, of time in there. And I met him in high school, so that was even, you know, worse. But the forgiveness part, let's go to the forgiveness part. Yes. If you get to that point of knowing that it was an experience that you asked for, the forgiveness part is so much easier. Mm -hmm. Because now I no longer blame anybody that was in my life. I never look at them and say, you caused me this pain, you caused right. this to happen, this event to happen. By owning that I've asked for this experience to learn something, the forgiveness came so much easier. So if anyone is really needing that forgiveness and they say, I just can't let it go, I'm so angry, that's one way to just be able to move forward past any of those negative things that you're holding on to. Well, how many times have you heard interviews and stuff of reporters uh, or journalists talking to family members of somebody who's been murdered or whatever in their yeah. family, a child or whoever, and they talk about how I forgive them. Yeah. I don't forget what they did, right? but I forgive them. And you can see on the journalist's face of this, like, what? Because yeah. that's not what they're expecting right. to hear. Disbelief because Disbelief, human nature right, is, is to, to hold on to, to that anger and resentment. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and they say, why? And they're like, well, because I need to be able to move. It's not for them. It's for me. Forgiveness is and so yourself. Yes. That's the thing is that you don't forget. You just forgive so that you can, for, you can do it for yourself. Yeah. I'm going to go a step further. And this may irritate people. <laughs> I, I've had those before. I actually have gratitude now for those. For those exes that did what they did. For my ex-husband, for what he did. I have gratitude for it because here I am. Right. Celebrating who I am. Being able to help so many people. Being able to write a book that, that spreads a message of love and compassion Thank you, and I'm grateful that I asked for those experiences, and I'm grateful that you guys participated in that with me, and that, this sounds crazy, and I tell my kids this all the time, your greatest teachers are those who loved you that much to give you that experience, and I tell you what, they don't always look like your mothers and your sisters and your friends and your children. <laughs> they look like the murderer of your child. 
or the teacher who flunked you and you ended up dropping out of college. I mean, that's a hard pill to swallow, right? I know that's a difficult one, but when you get to that point of, I brought the experience to myself and I have gratitude for the person who had to be that person to teach me the hardest lesson I needed to learn. Yeah, I will never forget the day um, I had to go back. It's my senior high school and I had to finish something in my English class for that I needed to have the class for graduation and stuff like that. And I went in and talked with the teacher and he asked me where I was gonna go to school. And so I told him and stuff and he goes, oh, he goes, well, you might wanna think of another option. I'm not sure that you have what it takes to be successful there. Woo, yes. Yes. I was like, are you, wow. Uh, wow, like, are you kidding me right now? You know, and, Makes you, you wonder know, why they're even in the field they're in. Absolutely. You know, you're a teacher. You should be encouraging and proud of your right. students. Happens all the yeah. time. Yeah, and, right? you know, being a dancer, you know, I wasn't, you know, five foot ten with, like, legs that started here and right. went down and stuff, and so I would compete against that. And, you know, I was always told, well, I'm not... And I just had enough oomph inside of me that when somebody said they didn't think I could do something, I was going to prove them wrong every time. Love it. You know, and I guess when I look back at the, you know, the um, relationships and marriages that were, you know, a failure, I look at them as that, okay, that may have been a failure, but I'm not a failure because I pick myself back up and wipe myself off and you know what I'm I uh, I found a quote and it said um, don't let the rock in the road uh, make you not be able to get back up and so you know my I've always and I was like oh that just so reflects of how I've naturally been I've never you know I'd never seen that quote before and and I thought yeah I look at it as is that this is what I've learned. So now, starting tomorrow morning, it's a new day of the lessons I've learned, and now I, I'm on, I'm on the beginning of the new path. Right. Not going. This is the lessons I've learned, and now I'm going to make these changes. Yeah. There's a difference of inflection and what it allows you to be able to do. If right. it's I've learned the lesson. Now's now's a new day. Now now like this is a new journey I'm taking it allows you to have optimism it allows you to have happiness it allows oh, you yeah. to feel good about yourself you know where the other is is like oh well now I guess I have to make new choices because of all the mistakes I made well then you're still holding yourself accountable sure well you're shaming yourself you're shaming yourself you're still saying, say, saying poor old me or saying I'm not worthy and right. I'm I never learn and I'm dumb and right. you know those sort of things and on the flip side, you, good for you for saying when somebody said that to me, I, you know, what you said is I, I will go the opposite way. I mean, right. you had just enough of that fight in you to say, oh, no, no one's going to tell me what right. I cannot do, which meant you were so in alignment. I was not in that much alignment, and I'm certain <laughs> there's a lot of people like me who were not in that much alignment, and I wanted to be an actress, and... My parents were really big on education and, and do good, do good, do good. I graduated 12th in my high school class, That's you know, awesome. with honors and everything. But my parents were not 
able to send us to college. <laughs> so why did you fight for me to, you know, do so right. well? And I got a scholarship, a full ride scholarship, presidential scholarship. And I wanted to go to Santa Clara University for performing arts. And my mother, um, God bless her, um, didn't want to disclose her financial information. So I was unable to apply for college without doing, you know, without Ugh. having that information. And I remember saying to my father, and I love my father, we're very tight, we're very close. Uh, but again, you know, their mindset is different from mine as far as the um, more positive side. And I said, you know, I want to be an actress. And my father said, you know, that's like a one in a million. You've got to have something really special. You might want to think about something else. Okay. Thanks, Thanks, Dad. Alrighty then. <laughs> so I'm leaving tomorrow to go. <laughs> Let me go look into welding. I mean, I don't know. You know, it it really was. And I listened, and I believed that I wasn't capable, and I believed that yeah. I wasn't worthy. And so I had met my children's father in high school. He was my high school sweetheart, and found someone who loved me and believed in me, right? Young, right. young love, right. and felt like he was rescuing me, you know, right. at 18, what did I know? And got married and, you know, got pregnant, and he joined the military, and we were in another country. I was 19 years old with a oh, baby, geez. and a husband who closet drank, um, you know, while we were gone, and then all of a sudden, we were over there, and he's got a newborn and a wife that he's never had before. It was like instantaneous, like, right. you know, powder, just add family, you know. Um, talk about adjusting. Talk about having to figure out life pretty darn quick. Uh, yeah, so that was, you know, interesting uh, ways that we changed. And I stayed in it. I stayed in it. I was like you. I just thought... The more I give, the better it's going to get. Right. The more I give, he'll change. Right. One day he's going to realize. Right. So it's being a giver with a taker, and it's never going to match. Right. you got to have a giver with a giver. You have right. to have empathy on both sides. Right. You can't have those takers with no empathy with a giver with empathy because no matter what you do, you'll kill yourself trying to make that other person happy. Right. And you're not happy making them happy. So right. it's a recipe for disaster, the perfect storm, and I've been in many storms, so. <laughs> well, and you know what? Uh, I hope everyone uh, looks at getting your book. And again, you want to give them the name of the book? Yes. It's, may I get it? Yes. Go right ahead. <laughs> Just so you can see my Bring cute up. puppies on the front. Let's hold this up. There we go. And, oh, oh, it's a little, oh, there we go. There we go. My dog is more enlightened than I am. So please reach out and get the book. Yes, we are on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and OutskirtsPress.com. Awesome. And so. look us up on uh, my website for life coaching. If anyone's looking for life coaching sessions, I have sessions open right now. It is www.lifecoachmaureen.com. And we are on Facebook. We are also on YouTube at Life Coach Maureen Scanlon. And so we've got lots of fun, exciting things coming up. It's awesome. Absolutely awesome. And also, uh, I will have all her information up. Uh, 
you know, that will be with the download of this podcast. So you'll have the name of her book, it'll have her website, it'll have her email and any contact information. So it'll be out there for you. And I'm so happy that that I got to have you here today. I think it was, uh, as I hope everyone gets something out of there, but I think the both of us got something out of today. I mean, look, I was just hanging out with my best friend. I know. Just, you know, let's talk I, like, about our lives. And, in know. that whole multi-hour conversation, I think we learned like 10 times more just in our conversation today. So, right. Uh, but uh, I hope that the rest of you, no matter where you are in the time in your day, have an amazing day. The rest of your day, take a few minutes for yourself. Uh, you know, figure out where you're at, and um, if you know if you feel like you need some help with some direction of where you're going or how to redirect, then reach out. Uh, please reach out to Maureen because she's more than happy and extremely capable of helping you get to where you. Are wanting to go so it's not about her it's about you mm-hmm. so yeah. with that uh, we uh, wish you the best for the rest of the day and as I always say is that there is goals and there's your goals imagine what you could accomplish if you just get out of your own way so thank you and I look forward to seeing you guys all again tomorrow